Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. If this is your first time here, welcome to the Beehive. I'm so glad that you came. If you've been around a while, welcome back. Happy to have you here. I think you're going to love today's episode. We have Emily A. Hay here, and she is the founder of Hey There. Hey There Social Media. You got it, Melissa. You you would think (laughs) that was stuck in my head, but it's not. And I'm really excited to have her here. We're going to talk about banks. So this is a bank episode where we're going to talk about money. We're talking about ways to make money. But I think you're going to find a little bit of all of the chapters here that will be really fun. So Emily, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. It's so nice to connect with you again. I would Thanks love so if much, you'd Melissa. introduce Thanks. yourself, tell us who you are, where you come from, how you do life. Sure. Thank you again. Hey there. Hey there, Melissa. So I'm Emily A. Hay, and I am based in Southeast Michigan, Metro Detroit area. I have been entrepreneur, small business owner since 2009. Went out on my own as a freelance social media manager. And a decade later, finally felt, okay, I've got my two kids. My kids right now are nine and six. And a little bit of seasons of motherhood change. And I felt, okay, I know how to do freelance. And how can I take what I know and and help other moms find a flexible way to work for themselves? And here we are, 2023, and a lot has come with that. So there it is in a nutshell. I love it. I'm a big believer that money should never be on your heart, but it should be on your mind. And generationally speaking, women have never had money on their mind because it's never been something that we we're given the opportunity to do. And I'm speaking from our ancestors' perspective. My mother was 30 when she was able to have her first credit card. So we are the first generation, you and I, of women who've been able to have credit at a young age. And it's, it's a really interesting thing for women to learn because generationally speaking, we're just the first group to be able to do that. And one of my very favorite things on teaching people in general how to manage money is when you run a business because It is literally how you make money in all cases if you have a W-2 employer or you're making your own money through your own business. And I love what you've created with Hey There Social Media. So let's talk about kind of how you started your freelance and then how it's evolved over time. Talk about flexibility, being a mom. And of course, we're going to talk about fair play too, which I think is an important part of your journey and your story as well. Yes, thank you. I'm here for all of it. Gosh, Melissa, when you talk about our moms and generations, and I think about my my mom worked full time. It was always known in my family that we relied on her income. We were a dual income household. And my mom also made it known that she had to work. And that's why she couldn't be at all the things. She couldn't always be the, at the bus stop, couldn't always do the bake sales. And so I remember growing up, never resenting my mom for working. I just always felt, okay, she's teaching me what I don't want. And that was rigidity, like rigid corporate container, cannot call your own shots, 
have to choose work before life. And so really, I think that's what at least lit an internal fire for me of I'm going to find my own thing. I don't know what that will be. I don't know how to do that. Obviously, didn't come from any small business, family business. And freelancing was the path that I started out on my own after a very short 20-something-year-old Emily in corporate America, after a short corporate America stint. That was freelance was my way to at least go out on my own. And I also did that before I was ever a mom. So I had full focus on figuring it out and freelance was the vehicle. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree. I grew up in a two-parent working household, two corporate jobs. And it was also told to me, like, that's your security. You have to have that corporate job because that is going to pay your health insurance. That's where you're guaranteed to get your paycheck. All of those things. Now, obviously, the business owner today, I see things in a very different light. But I also had a giant corporate 20-year career where I see a lot of benefits there, too. And I think flexibility is the thing that women today are not just women, like it's people, right? We, my husband left his corporate career a year ago to work for the business that we created because it provided that flexibility of being able to do what we want when we want and manage the kids and have fun while we're doing it. How much does it suck to work so hard and never be able to enjoy the time or the resources that you've created? Yeah, you're about that. And I think, again, just going back to, why was I attracted to starting my own business? Again, I wanted to compensate for what my mom didn't have, and that was flexibility. But again, fast forwarding now to 2023, when my kids are six and nine, I also have been talking a little bit here, and I know we'll we'll share today, that flexibility was success, right? Like as long as you do something where you can be flexible and for a lot of people that is starting their own thing, Mm -hmm. that flexibility was success. I think what I learned the hard way, and I don't know if I missed the memo or if there's literally no way to learn it except by going through it, it's that flexibility can be a blessing and a curse Mm -hmm. because we have the flexibility to call our own shots and spend our time doing what we want. But when you become a parent, you often will leverage that flexibility to put your family first and yourself last. And let's be honest, your business is an extension of yourself. And before you know it, two, five, seven years go by and you're really just wondering, how did I get here? And again, if we're talking within the context of women running their own business, a lot of it can be because they almost leaned too hard into the flexibility. i not kidding. Like light bulb just went off in my head. (laughs) In 2013, I started working from home for my corporate career. I worked for Four Seasons Hotels for almost 20 years. And I started working from home as I was managing this global account. So I was traveling all the time, but I got to work from home. And it just occurred to me that was most likely (laughs) the reason I spiraled into the place where I spiraled to that ultimately all ended up really good. But I was letting that flexibility make me spin out of control. I was wearing a headset, running around the house, doing laundry, doing dishes everywhere all the time, like that damn Bugs Bunny, like playing baseball thing where he's like, and all the things. That was me, but I was also traveling the globe and working full-time. That flexibility is most likely what created that initial inertia of downward spiral for me. It's like light bulb just went off. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that light bulb that it it helped because 
we just see that flexibility is so empowering. Let's just talk like professionally. Yeah. You are your own boss. You make your own money. Like it is so empowering. But then it is also like very suffocating with regards to I'm going to say yes to taking on all the things in my home. And I was, as I unpack this in my own head, I think about I literally told my husband, I am the flexible one. I've got this. I will be at all the things that I can. I will be the one to raise my hand. And years later, I'm saying I stated that I'm the flexible parent and I leaned into it and you lean on to me. And now I'm resentful. I'm resentful. (laughs) And we legit meant it and felt it like, oh, I can take them to all the doctor's appointments. I can be here for all the house things. I can do all of the household stuff. And carry all of the other things that go along with it. And yeah, I I think flexibility was absolutely one of the things. So for both of us today, running our own businesses, I'm not as flexible as I used to be. I have my business has grown substantially and I have to focus on my business just the way that I would as if I was in an office unable to help. So how has that shifted and changed for you over the last couple of years? I love that you put it that way because Melissa, again, just tenure wise, and I've been my own business owner for a decade plus. So I don't feel that I give my business the wishy-washy new treatment. Maybe where I put myself in this headspace a lot is for the women that we train. Mm -hmm. And, And that's with Hey There Social Media, like I said, it was a boutique social media agency for a good 10 years, or I was the lead freelance social media manager. I built a team of freelancers that all helped manage social media for small to medium-sized businesses. And then I pivoted just before the pandemic. That's where we started to say to moms, hey, if you've ever thought of starting your own business, you don't have to be a jewelry maker. You don't have to go buy a franchise. You don't have to go back to corporate. There are a lot of things in the middle. And social media freelance as a social media manager happens to be one of them. And so I think it's just a very delicate beginning for a business, for any woman that's brave enough to say, okay, I'm serious about this. I'm serious about starting my own thing. It really will help, I think, to have that awareness that you cannot go into it half committed. I, and I don't mean you have to be sign over your soul and forego flexibility. You just have to treat it maybe like you just said you with your business that treat it as as if you are a really nice boss to yourself. Like you are not just giving yourself freedom to be off the hook and just, eh, if you don't get to it, you don't get to it. No, like holding yourself accountable to move your business forward. And in order to do that, you often need to reflect on how your home system is right. That's at least what I found. Yeah, 100%. So let's talk a little bit about the people that you help. The Give me the right words. Are you coaching people to start their own freelancing? Or how does that work with the people that you work with? Sure. So the women that we will usually say we're a unique training company that offers a proven training to allow women to be social media managers, independent freelancers. It happens to be as a social media manager. Freelance has been around forever, right? Like Mm -hmm. freelance. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of folks will think freelance writers, freelance photographers, but Freelance is simply a way to work for oneself. So whether you want to use small business owner or entrepreneur or freelancer, I hear a lot of women from corporate prefer the noun consultant. Mm-hmm. As long as you are working in that capacity, there's there's a great industry to get into and do that. And it's yeah. social media. Yeah. And from a financial perspective, just being a CFO, 
The difference is you're on a 1099 versus you're on a W-2. That's how the government's going to find out about your income is one of those two ways. And so freelance, consultant, all of those words all mean the same thing that you're going to get a 1099. So you are training people to go be their own business owner and go find their own clients and have their own accounts that they manage. That's how I met you, right? Was through the woman that you trained. Hi, Kimberly. (laughs) Um, Kimberly is my podcast manager and my social media manager. And so she does all of the things, both for Efficiency Bitch and for Two Cents, and done a phenomenal job at it. And so you're teaching other people how to do this, but you're also helping place. Is that right? So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, I need a social media manager, they can reach out to you and find people who are trained and ready to go. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Melissa. You so get it from this authentic place. And yes, hi, Kimberly. Kimberly is a <laughs> shining star of a woman who didn't have all the answers in front of her, but knew what she was capable of and jumped in. And not only did she just soak up all of the training that we gave her with social media, she went on her own with learning podcast production. She's got her daughters. I just love, I love everything about her. Mm-hmm. So she's a great example. So we also, we call it an ecosystem. So we have women like Kimberly that learn how to do this work. But then the businesses that say, I need a social media manager and I don't want to hire someone full time. I also don't want to go perhaps to like a large marketplace like Upwork, or I don't want to lean on just an intern to be connected with anyone that's gone through our training is a great option for businesses looking for that social media manager. Yeah. And social media is so important. If you're trying to run a business, you can have a brick and mortar, you can have a website, but I guarantee people are going to go to social media to validate your existence. But they're going to go to social media to figure out, are you still open? Are you still breathing? Are you still doing things? And I don't find clients or customers by social media. That's never been our way of bringing people into two cents. But I guarantee that they go to find me on social media before they hire me just so they can find out what I'm all about. So it's really a critical area there. So you've built this business empire, I'd even say. You're doing all these amazing things, helping people all over. And then this little thing called Fair Play entered your life. <laughs> Talk about that. Tell me about the experience and really what it did for you as an individual. I read the book. I saw the documentary. It's They're both fantastic. You did a phenomenal job of the documentary, but I'll let you explain a little bit more about that. Thank you, Melissa. You're wonderful. And again, that's why we're having this conversation is because I resonate with all that you put into the world and all of the thought leadership that you've given. So I know we talked about women not having to do it all. It was just like another fair play was almost just like another rung, right? The ladder of how we agree. So with fair play, the shortest story, it was just before the pandemic and through good old social networking, I connected with Eve Rodsky, the author of the book. I got a DM from her that talked about a documentary that Hello Sunshine, uh, Reese Witherspoon's company, was going to put together about the domestic labor imbalance in one's home. So basically the invisible work, the mental load, the second shift, whatever you want to call it, and how are couples managing that load? And so it began a two-year journey into having a film crew at our house quarterly just to, I love as they would always say, no, capture you where you guys are just capture where you are. And my husband, Neil, and I were often like, what do you need us to talk about? Or what should we have already done? How should we already be figuring things out? And it was really just a capture where you are. And so through that process, it was, have you ever heard someone talk about you can have a gaping wound and then it turns into a scab and then you have a scar? Like we were in the gaping wound phase, like just Mm -hmm. throughout the filming process, just, I, I don't know, like we need to triage the situation. And then since the documentaries come out, I've certainly gotten in the scabbed over phase where I've started to think about what did we learn? 
And are we there? Are we in this full-blown fair household situation? No, no, but we've made a lot of progress. We had that scab to show for it. I hope a medical metaphor isn't turning anyone off here. <laughs> um, but we it's given me time to think about what did the exercise do for us. And I've really tried to combine what did it do personally for us, but so much of it just goes right into what we do for women. And that's where I say it doesn't matter if I can teach a woman how to be a social media manager or a bookkeeper or another profession. If she doesn't have awareness about how a domestic imbalance of labor can really hold her back professionally, mm-hmm. then she's never going to be able to be all she wants. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I've spent a lot of time thinking through. Yeah. I had not heard of Fair Play until I met you. And then once I heard about it, I couldn't stop hearing about it. It's everywhere. Like, I heard about it in an elevator when I was in Las Vegas. Somebody mentioned it. It's just so random how much once you hear about it, you can't stop hearing about it. And so I recorded my Audible after I'd read the book. And so I added like ACX is really particular about every word of the Audible has to match the book like verbatim. But you can call out specific things if you're going to add. And I added a section in the Audible that talks about fair play because it's something that I experienced when I was in that flexibility stage of I'll do everything all the time, but I had no idea that other people were experiencing it. It was it was happening to me without me recognizing what was happening to me. And I was taking on everything. So I went through the hundred cards that she talks about in her book, and I was carrying 98 of them at mm-hmm. one point in my life. And when I do it today, I'm carrying about 45 of them. And it's insane how much it's shifted in the last three years without without recognizing what was happening, how much I needed to shift it. And it changed my relationship with my spouse in a, the best way. It's changed the way that my business is running. Couldn't be happier with all of those pieces. My relationship with my children is better. Money is better because we have different sets of responsibilities of the all the way around. It's amazing to me how many women are starting to really recognize this. And that was the premise of Efficiency Bitch was it's the subtitle of the book. You can have it all. You just can't do it all. You literally cannot try to take on everything by yourself. It's you will go crazy. (laughs) And I did. I am right here to tell you I was popped up on Zoloft and beer and I was all the wrong places. So it's really been a remarkable thing for so many people. I appreciate you being so candid because in the moment of the filming, we we certainly aired some laundry. We weren't the couple that had it all figured out and it's still work in progress. But like I said, I after having gone through that, I feel like my way to then merge that into our training was literally that. Like we have a fair play approach in our training to just bring awareness to the things that you were aware of. Mm-hmm. And I certainly became more aware of over the last few years. And it's just a, it's just a messy message. So mm-hmm. It's just a messy message out there. Like women start your own business. And as long as you're your own boss, everything we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, like flexibility will come and you'll be, you'll be empowered and you'll be able to do all you want. And we want to do a lot for our family, but that's not, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I really started to wonder, like, how did we get so far off track And is it because of what my husband grew up seeing in his home? Is it what I grew up seeing? It's some of that. Mm -hmm. But there's also free will and there's communication. And we were missing so much of that communication because I just kept saying, I work for myself. I've got it. I'm good to go. And so when I would blow up, he would be completely confused. Like how thought you wanted it this way. And so it's been 
as people say, like a lot of unlearning and relearning. And that's where I'm at right now. Like I'm in this complete unlearning and relearning phase. Yeah, I agree. My husband was totally in the dark about so much of the things that I did. And it wasn't his fault. I kept him there. He didn't know how often I washed the sheets or the towels or changed the kids' clothes for the seasons or because they grow every 30 seconds. He had no idea how much work was going into teacher gifts and magical creatures and all of the things that come with life. And he knows now, but I let him sit in the dark on a lot of that stuff. And I just didn't know. I didn't recognize. It's one of the main reasons I chose the word harmony for the last H is a great opportunity to use that word. But I refuse work-life balance. I don't believe it exists. And harmony was so important to me because it means agreement. It means all the things are working together in agreement. And that might mean that I work more one week and then the next week I'm completely off, which has actually happened both in March and in May of this year where I worked like crazy the first two weeks and then I took the last two weeks off because I had other things going on. And that agreement is so important. But it's also an agreement between the people in your home with your children. It's agreement with your spouse or your partner. There's so many different elements of it that need to go together. Yeah. And harmony with yourself. I know today we're in our bank and swim lane, but back to starting something new for yourself. Forget just starting your own business. If you're changing jobs, if a woman is going back into the workforce, it's, as I said, it's a delicate time. And if you aren't aware of how taking on everything in your home is going to hold you back professionally, then like I said, years will go by and you'll wonder why was it so hard? Did it have to be that hard? And with new businesses, they're not necessarily banking. (laughs) You've got to put in that sweat equity and start something. And so that also makes it so easy to say, since I'm not earning X, since I'm certainly not out earning X, then I'll just shove my work to the back burner. I'll just shut it back. And that's where, again, time can go by and resentment can set in. Yeah. It will be at least 12 months before you're banking in most cases. (laughs) Most of the time, businesses take at least 12 months. Not always. I have a few clients who are making money in their first year, but it's very rare because typically you need to put that money back into marketing. Typically, you need to put that money back into education or back into something else that's going to help get a website, hire a social media manager. You have to do something else to move the needle, but it is a really delicate balance. I want to ask you one final question about Do you find most of your clients are looking to do a side hustle or are they looking to build a business? Or are you seeing that evolution of, I started as a side hustle and now I'm going to be a a bigger one? Thank you. Gosh, Melissa, I just heard, everyone knows Barbara Corcoran, right? Mm -hmm. Shark Tank Barbara. She said, I saw her on an IG Live and someone asked her, what advice would you give your younger selves? And she said, I would be multifaceted. I would make sure to have multiple dimensions and multiple things going on with my professional self. And so really, we see women coming to this with that intention. I've done this before. Maybe I've worked in PR. Maybe right now, I'm not exactly sure what's next. I want to add something on the side and see where it goes. And then it can evolve and turn into a full focus. Maybe you do the work of a social media manager for a while. And then you say, you know what? I want to build a boutique agency and have subcontractors on my team and I'll spend my time doing business development or getting clients. One thing is common with the women that go through the program, and it's it's what I said about Kimberly, <laughs> willing to move forward on something without knowing exactly how it will look. And, and that's where Barbara and that's where Barbara Corcoran talks about being multifaceted. It's a ridiculously unfair expectation to say I'm going to find the next thing 
that is going to sustain me for the rest of my life. And it will be a perfect fit and it will hit all the notes and my family is going to completely agree with it and support me. So just look at getting moving into any action is going to get you more clarity. I love it. So good. Emily, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Would you wrap it up with where people can connect with you? What's the best way to, to find you? Of course. Thank you, Melissa. It's totally my pleasure to get to chat with you. So our website is Hey There Social Media and it's H-A-Y. Excellent. Thank you. We will have all the information in the show notes. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much to the guests for listening and I'm glad you came. See ya. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya.